Hello, people of the internet. Welcome back to another episode of Wired World. Um, as you know, this season we're focusing mostly on true crime. And for the past few episodes, we've mostly talked about unsolved cases. But today we're going to be talking about a serial killer who has not been caught yet. Mostly because he's probably dead by now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because investigators have not been able to figure out who this killer is. Today we will, we will be talking about the infamous Jack the Ripper. Or um, probably, maybe, possibly, Jill the Ripper. Because there's a theory that Jack the Ripper may actually be a her. A mm-hmm. Jill the Ripper. Um, we don't know, but we'll get into that later. So, let's start with What's the... your name? <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> hi, I'm Leslie. Yeah, hi, I'm Michelle. Uh, yeah, I let's forgot. Get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack the R- Ripper was in a... On de- unidentified active serial killer in the areas around the Whitechapel district of London in 1888. Jack the Ripper was also known as the Whitechapel murderer and leather apron. Can we just like call him leather apron <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of the video? That's iconic. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say Jack just short. Um, Jack would typically kill female prostitutes. Um, he would cut their throats and then remove internal organs which led to investigators to believe that the killer had some anatomical or surgical knowledge but i do have a question um so when he like removed it like they didn't find it like he just took the heart or lungs yeah he or just, they were like around the body um no he took them oh yeah and oh. i'm like questioning like, what did he do for with what? it yeah for what <laughs> Um, Some background information about London at the time is that in the mid-19th century, Britain experienced an inundation of mainly Russian and Jew immigrants who came to begin a new life and start a business. Um, This caused London's East End to become increasingly overcrowded with the population, increasing to approximately 80,000 inhabitants by 1888. Work and housing conditions worsened and a significant economic underclass developed about 55 percent of children born in the east um, and died before they were five years old Uh, robbery violence and alcohol dependency were commonplace this poverty drove many women to prostitution in order to be able to survive on a daily basis so basically really a horrible place to live in like horrible um, living conditions Um, A large number of attacks against women in the East and during this time made it uncertain to know exactly how many victims were murdered by the same individual. And at the time, um, the death or murder of a working girl was rarely reported in the press or discussed within um, polite society, which is um, really sad. Um, But investigators concluded that about 11 separate murders uh, could have been done by the same person, which they believe um, was Jack the Ripper. Um, And Jack the Ripper's signature was the slashing of the throat. Um, He mutilated and disemboweled women by removing organs such as kidneys and uteruses. I do have a question. Um, Because since he... I'm not exactly sure where he murdered them, but I'm sure he didn't take them to a basement or something. Because they were on the streets. Yeah, they were right? on the streets. Mm-hmm. So, like, nobody heard it. Like, oh, sounds like somebody's not having a great time outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that? Oh, his crime seemed to portray um, hatred towards the female gender in specific. Um, of the 11 murders done by the Whitechapel Five were recognized as being done by the leather apron. 
They took place within a mile of each other and in or near the Whitechapel district of London's, London's East End from August 7th to September 10th, 1888. Um, Mary, <laughs> Mary Nichols is generally believed to have been the first of Jack the Ripper's so-called can- canonical five victims. Um, at around 3.40 on August 31st, 1888, a carter named Charles Cross was making his way to work along Bucks Row as he approached the looming bulk of the 1876 board school. He noticed a dark bundle lying in a gateway on the left side of the street. Oh, no. <laughs> like so many of the district's alleyways and passageways, street lighting in Bucks Row was minimal. So at first, he could not be sure what exactly the bundle was. As he drew closer to inspect what it was, he realized it was, in fact, the prone form of a woman who was either dead or drunk. Um, As Cross stood rooted to the spot and unsure of what to do next, he heard footsteps behind him. Turning, he saw another carter, Robert Paul, walking towards him. Come and look over here, Cross called. There is a woman lying on the pavement. The two men stepped gingerly over the road and stooped down over her. Um, she was lying on her back, her legs straight out, and her skirts were raised almost over her waist. Ugh. Charles Cross react- reached out and touched her face, which was warm, and her hands, which were cold and limp. I believe she is dead, he observed. Robert Paul, meanwhile, placed his hands on the woman's chest and thought he felt a slight movement. Um, Ew. I think she's breathing, he said, but very little if she is. Um, Paul suggested that they set the woman up, but Cross refused to touch her again. So deciding perhaps somewhat callously that they were late for work and had done as much as they could, they pulled her skirts back down to her knees to cover her decency and set off their respective places of employment, agreeing to tell the pro- the first policeman they encountered of their find. Um, when Dr. Llewellyn arrived at around 4 a.m., he carried out a cursory examination of the body, and noting the severity of the wounds to the throat, he pronounced her dead at the scene. On closer examination, he also observed that the deceased body and legs were still warm, although her hands and wrists were quite cold. This led him to guess that she could have um, been dead for more. She could not have been dead for more than half an hour. In fact, this observation by the doctor suggested that the murderer may well have um, still been at the scene when Charles Cross came strolling along Bucks Row on his way to work. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Annie Chapman uh, was uh, Jack the Ripper's second victim. Uh, she was 47 years old at the time of her death, uh, of her oh, death. was the other one? Um, the other one, Mary, I don't think, I don't think I, um, found that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. 47, um, that's yeah. mature. Um, oh, she was found September 8th, 1888 at 6 a.m., on 29 Hamburg Street, Spitalfields, um, and she had horrific- horrifically been mutilated and the killer took her womb. Um, her womb? Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Stride was the third victim and her body was found September 30th, 1888 at 1 a.m. at Dutfield's Yard, Burner Street, Whitechapel. She was killed but not mutilated, which led investigators to believe that the killer had been interrupted. Um, the fourth victim, Catherine Eddowes, body was found September 30th, 1888 at 1.45 um, at Mitter Square City of London. Um, 
but this time the savagery had increased and the killer targeted her face um it appeared that he had slashed her face um oh i don't think i saved the picture but no i don't it's fine <laughs> it's completely fine because i was gonna show you but um yeah um and he also took her uterus um but left her kidney Oh, thank God he left the kidney. Oh, I was I was so worried she was going to use that for later. Um, So, yeah, it was, like, questioning, like, what does he do with all this that he takes? Like, it's so weird. This sounds like some, like, a, like weird, out-of-order cooking ingredients. <laughs> Sorry, let me stop. Uh, Mary uh, Kelly, ja- uh, Jack the Ripper's last victim, body was found November, 8- November 9th, 1888, at 10.45 a.m., and this time she was murdered in her room, and a different M.O. this time, the killer had skinned her to the bone. <gasps> oh! Yeah. Like her whole body? Yeah. Oh my... So she was just a skeleton? Yeah. Well, like the... This... Not the skin, but like the underlayer. Uh-huh. Yeah. <gasps> um. So yeah, now on to the theories of who was this psychopath leather apron Whitechapel murderer. So let's start with the Jill the Ripper theory. Mm-hmm. Um, while wounds on the body, body, while wounds of the victims were indeed messy, um, hence the name of the villain, they were surgical enough to indicate that the killer had some anatomical knowledge of the female internal system, which led some to believe that the killer was a deranged midwife. Um, she could have blended with the crowd, and no one would have suspected of a midwife who had blood on her walking around the streets of London. Who suspects women? Yeah. Um, one woman in particular stood out as a serious suspect, which was a Mary Pierce, who was convicted of murdering her lover's wife and child in 1890 and hanged. Apparently, her MO was similar to that of Jack the Ripper. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, another theory suggests that a, a descendant of the infamous H.H. H. Holmes... Uh, doubled as Jack the Ripper. A lawyer named Jeff Mudgett claims that two diaries that he inherited from Holmes, his great-great-grandfather, contain details that link him to the murder and mutilation of prostitutes in London around the time of Jack the Ripper uh, killings. Another theory suggests that Montague John Druitt was Jack the Ripper, although there may not be any concrete scientific evidence against him. The fact that uh, Jack the Ripper murders in London's East End ended after Druid's suicide convinced one London detective that Druid was in fact Jack the Ripper himself. Uh, Montague John Druid was an Oxford-educated man from a fairly good family, although some believe that he was um, sexually insane. He was born in Wimborne, Minster, Dorset, and during his lifetime he once worked as an assistant uh, schoolmaster in Blackheath, London. Many experts believe Druid was behind the murders as they were convinced that Jack the Ripper was a Whitechapel local. And he was also seen in the Whitechapel um, area around the time of the Jack the Ripper's murders as well. Another likely suspect was a 54-year-old German merchant sailor Carl Fusionbaum. Uh, Fusionbaum was known to be a psychopath who confessed to mutilating women. And even his own lawyer believed that his client was Jack the Ripper as well. So, sus. Uh, Just a little bit. <laughs> Bomb went by many al- aliases during his lifetime and was known to be working as a merchant on ships that had been docked near Whitechapel. 
Um, records prove that Fusion Bomb was working in Whitechapel on every single date of the five Jack the Ripper's murders in London's East End, and he and his co-workers were often seen at the nearby brothels as well. After Fusion Bomb uh, emigrated to America sometime around 1890, he was convinc convicted of murdering a woman by the name of Juliana Hoffman and was sent to the electric chair for the crime. Wait, electric chair? What year was this? Um, 1890. Weren't they hanging people, though? I don't know. Uh, this was in London. I don't know if it's different. Mm, okay. um, experts also stated that there were striking similarities between London Jack the Ripper murders and the slaying of Hoffman. Um, several highly esteemed police officers believed that the Polish barber Aaron Kosminski was behind the Jack the Ripper murders in London, and the fact that his mitochondrial DNA was found on Catherine Eddowes' Shaw certainly doesn't help his case. Kosminski was born sometime between 1864 and 1865 in Russia and had settled in London in the early 1880s. Kosminski was Jewish and was living and working as a hairdresser in Whitechapel during the time of the Jack the Ripper murders. He apparently had a very strong hatred of women, had homicidal tendencies, and was even sent to an asylum in 1889. And he's the person that's cut, cutting your hair. Uh, yeah. Uh, police documents uh, from the time of Jack the Ripper murders revealed that officials suspected a man by the name of Kosminski, although Aaron Kosminski wasn't pinpointed as a suspect until many years later. So there are like uh, a bunch of other suspects who were yeah. believed of being Jack the Ripper or Jill the Ripper, but... Um, but I feel like back in the day... Well, yeah. No, like, a lot of people are like, yeah, I did it, and it's just like, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, So, yeah, Jack the Ripper still remains as one of England's and the world's most infamous criminals. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I don't know what to believe. Yeah, I think he, I mean, I feel like he must have been a doctor and should have known. Because the barber thing is, like, pretty convincing, but I feel like you... For what he did, I feel like he must you must have had like some other knowledge behind uh to like be able. He took somebody's womb. Like yeah. I don't even know what that looks like. How do you what? How do you remove that? Mm -hmm. So I feel like he must have had some kind of like medical knowledge or something. But that's so scary that they didn't catch him. But I mean, he should be dead by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, that's all I have. Um. Yeah. Nice case, Leslie. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. So, that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, thank you for listening, guys. Such an interesting case. Pretty depressing, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's thank it. you. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>